Well, greetings. It's William Morris here from the Next Century Foundation. And I'm in my home in Cornwall in the United Kingdom. And I'm just, well, I'm going to talk to you about the situation with regard to the problems in, in regard to peace and security in West Asia. West Asia is, of course, the way in which Iran describes the area we would call the Middle East. And we're talking here about, I presume, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Palestine, Yemen, indeed. These are broken places, by and large. They're not easy places. And peace and security is... Uh, it's not easy to find in many of these places. There's much unhappiness today in some areas. Uh, it, some would blame Iran in part for that, although Iran has also been a major element providing peace and stability. It's, it's in what context, in what way has Iran failed West Asia? Well, let's talk about Iraq for a moment. There is an attitude in Iran that pervades too many, especially in leadership, whereby they view Iraq as the, the place where Hussein died, a place of martyrdom, a place of suffering, a place possibly of unending chaos. And there isn't sufficient care about the future of Iraq, in my view, in Iran. After all, Iraq has caused huge suffering to Iran in the great wars between Iraq and Iran, conducted by Saddam Hussein. Um, and the memory of that remains sharp and harsh. But it's more than that. It's uh, there's a problem in Iranian attitudes to Iran. They can, sorry, Iranian attitudes to Iraq. They can be hard. I mean, there was a wish to maintain the status quo in Iraq, which resulted in Iran not promoting the killing of demonstrators, but, but in effect, sanctioning the killing of demonstrators. Now, how, how, what do I mean by that? I mean that Iran enabled situation in which elements of the Heshta Shabi were, in my view, responsible for shooting demonstrators in the back. Now, in my view, it doesn't matter what I think, in the view of Shiite Iraqi people from Iraq, Iran was sanctioning the killing of young men who were angry and protesting at their government in Iraq. Uh, beyond the fact that, that, that the individual deaths of these comparatively few young men, what does that matter? Well, it matters because it disempowers Iran in Iraq that perception. So what is the consequence? The consequence is that the Shiite militia groups who had political wings standing in the recent elections on October 10th of this year in Iraq 
by and large, lost. They lost the elections. They're grumping about it now. Now, there was partly, of course, to do with a failure to comprehend uh, the electoral system as it had been changed in recent months. Um, so, Shiite groups loyal to Hathiel Amri or, or others, Kaysal Kazali, would have candidates standing against one another in the same constituency. So this split the, if you like, the militia group vote. Uh, but more importantly, that wouldn't have mattered as much had militia groups not so lost the credibility of the people of Iraq. And these were the very groups that fought Daesh and had more credibility than anybody else. And then overnight, they lose their credibility. Largely because of a miscalculation, in my view, on the part of Iran. Um, so we have this kind of thing going on. We have to be wary. I don't blame Iran for that miscalculation. They're trying to support the existing government against possible overthrow. But you have to be careful. You have to be careful about what you're doing. Now, in Syria, the Iranian role has been very supportive of the government of Bashar al-Assad, and there is a desire now to bring the government of Bashar al-Assad back into the international community. Um, well and good, if we can do it, and if he will behave honorably, as I do hope he will. People look to Iran. People are by and large, in Syria, grateful for Iran's help in the fight against Daesh and in supporting the recognized government of the Syrian Arab Republic. But uh, further afield, it's difficult. We are seeing better rapprochement between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And that's encouraging. But we have a ways to go. We need calm in the Middle East. We are tired of war in the Middle East. Lebanon is ripped apart by, of course, the West being desperate to sanction Hezbollah. So that put, produces banking sanctions, which cripples Lebanon. Yemen is damaged by hegemonic ambitions by, by Saudi Arabia, I guess. I mean, by certainly by the West, where we are, have been reluctant to see a Houthi government who we regard with some distaste. Why do we regard the Houthis with distaste? Well, we're frightened of them. Same way as we're frightened of Iran. They copy you. They chant death to Israel, death to America, at Friday prayers. Inexcusable, really, isn't it? Because it's very childish, barbaric kind of act. And therefore, it makes us distrustful of both 
Iran and the Houthis. Um, I do think it's inappropriate, not the way to go. However, you do it, they do it. The thing that most grates for me personally, of all Iran's actions, that Friday prayer chant is the thing I find ugly, offensive, inappropriate. I don't like it when people call other governments regimes. I don't like it when people call the government of Iran a regime. I think that's condescending. I think we must all treat each other with respect. But what about the seminal meeting, the seminal issue, sorry, the seminal issue of Palestine and Israel? Uh, it's a problem, isn't it? It's a problem indeed. What are we going to do about that? You see, I don't feel we can have peace between Palestine and Israel without an Iranian role. I think Iran is key. I may be mistaken in this, but but I think Iran can be constructive, can help in regard to promoting peace with Israel. Now, I realize Israel is Iran's arch enemy, or perceived as such, and with good justification, because Israel has responsible, been responsible for acts of sabotage in Iran. Israel is paranoid about the prospect of Iran having weapons of mass destruction. Iran doesn't, of course. It is an anathema to the Supreme Leader and to others. But why then is the Supreme Leader's fatwa on the subject of weapons of mass destruction, particularly nuclear weapons, listed as a kind of answer to a question uh, on the Supreme Leader's website rather than, rather than included with his other fatwas. Um, is it because you don't really mean it? Or do you mean it? You see, because this, this counts not only for Israel's paranoia with regard to Iran, and like I say, we need Iran for a peace process, also counts for much of the world's paranoia with regard to Iran. What do you think? Should Iran have weapons of mass destruction? Of course not. Does it want them? Of course not. They are an obscenity. It is an issue of great shame that the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland continues to hold weapons of mass destruction. What do we need them for? There you are. We do. We're not exactly well behaved. Iran, on the other hand, doesn't. Sorry, one second. Iran, oh, Iran, on the other hand, does, has no 
weapons of mass destruction, has no intention to have weapons of mass destruction, and therefore it should make it crystal clear that this is the case. I mean crystal clear that Israel's paranoia is unfounded, but it doesn't. Not really. I, I, oh, why does it matter? Ah, I don't know. I'm bothered by things that sometimes that Iran does. I, I'm bothered by the perceived arrest of dual nationals, Iranian Brits, Iranian Americans, some of them arrested with great justification, but others? Not so sure. And they're sometimes arrested as bargaining chips. I'm to, to swap for people. Bothers me. I it bothers me because I don't think it's honorable. And I'm not comparing our behavior. We behave very dishonorably in international affairs. But I expect better of Iran. I don't expect Iran to adopt our low standards. After all, you're a theocracy in some degree, led by people who are supposed to be ayatollahs and great thinkers. But are they? There have been some major errors by Iran in international affairs. I think Iran has a great future. Iran is undoubtedly the most powerful nation in the Middle East, or what I call the Middle East. Whatever you call the Middle East, I don't know. You call it West Asia, but you don't include yourself. So I get very confused by that kind of terminology, but it doesn't matter. What I call the, the Islamic world, then, one of a better word, Iran is the most powerful nation in the Islamic world. It has a lead role, and it needs to take it very, very seriously. If we are to have peace on earth, and an end to much of the misery that has caused us so much trouble for so long. God bless you and God bless Iran.